0: it's been an exciting time over the last several weeks this is Connor McIver had a client call and real estate client but wasn't interested in real estate wanted to talk about my transformation and how that was in fact possible after so many years so many up and down struggles what was different this time from all of the times before and when he asked that question it kind of threw me for a loop because When you see all these fitness gurus online, all the people that are purporting that they have the secret, they figured it out, you know, this is your body type, take this little quiz, do this, do that, in order to be in the best shape of your life. And then you have other people, you know, testifying for them, trying to get a piece of that pie, which you see a lot of that going on. You have all these people that realistically, some of them have gone through some incredible hardship. One of the gentlemen lately came back from, I mean, uh, a disease or an illness that could have definitely killed him, but came back and now he's better than he's ever been, so on and so forth. So that's his claim to fame. You have different people that were lean beforehand, go out there and get fat and then get lean again. So you have that in order to show support for the clients. Frankly, I I don't have the guts to do that. I, (laughs) I was fat for so long. Uh, Majority of my adult life, there were a few moments in there that I was able to get leaner, but leaner was still over 25% body fat, 30% body fat. I was over 50. I was over half fat at one point and probably more, but that's kind of where everything tapped out. That was like the maximum reading. And he asked me, and, and I'm thinking, what was different? What was the big change? For people to torch off body fat, it's not really the biggest part of the issue. The biggest part of the issue is being able to maintain and keep it off. I don't know about you. I know a lot of people that have lost significant amounts of body fat. Hopefully it was just body fat and they preserve the muscle. There's a way to do that so you don't drop the muscle, and that means, that means you go to the gym. When you're dieting and whether you believe in the caloric restrictive model where you're going to be cutting your calories and you're going to be going to the gym. Going to the gym should be the thing. Going to the gym, going to, to failure, praying without ceasing, loving your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. That's, the, that's, that's the mantra to life. Lift heavy things, put them down, as some of the some of the gurus out there say. But when you do it, go to failure. But the gym is going to help maintain the muscle you have when you start to torch that body fat. So you leave the muscle intact. You maintain the stores that you have and you can actually build in that state. You can build in a fasted state. You can build in a caloric restrictive state. You can still build muscle. But the trick is to maintain what you have, at least, while you're torching off that fat. And a lot of people say, well, losing fat, I've lost fat, I'm going to lose some weight, I want to lose weight. That, I think, is the number one search term as far as weight loss, losing weight, losing fat. I don't want to find it again. So I don't want to lose it. I want to torch it. I want to remove it. I want to obliterate it. I want to totally destroy the fat that I have. And still a work in progress, yet for the first time in my life, I'm wearing super tight Under Armour shirts at the gym and feel good about it. For the first time in the last 30 years recently, I actually went to the beach and had my shirt off. And it was good. I hadn't had my shirt off in front of other people since I was (laughs) in my teens and I was fat then, maybe even younger. I would always wear a shirt over when I was in a swimming pool, whenever I was traveling, whenever. So I looked, I really like orca and I had this massive belly, very buoyant. And that's how I lived. I didn't see any difference. It was a weird thing for me to be in that hotel room and to take off my shirt to go to the beach. Very weird thing. The feeling was amazing. That feeling, that feeling of accomplishment, that feeling of doing something you've never done before. And especially that feeling of, understand this, you can't pay somebody to make you skinny. You got to do it. If you could pay somebody to make you skinny, I think most of us would pay to our last penny to get there, to get that lean, to get in the best shape of your life. If you could pay for that. You know, people, sure, they pay personal trainers, they pay nutritionists, they pay... It comes down to what is going in your mouth and the frequency and the type. 100 calories of broccoli is a lot different... handled. It's it's handled differently by the body than 100 calories of cookies or ice cream. 100 calories of lettuce, handle a lot differently than... 100 calories of a Snickers bar, 100 calories of Doritos chips, a lot different. So it really is what you put in. How do you make that leap? You can probably do it for a little while. You can probably adhere to a dietary program for a little bit. May I suggest eating nothing? May may I suggest that, and do your research, but could it be that when you go into a caloric restricted state, the body adjusts that metabolism pretty fast and actually lowers it? Because you're getting just enough, so the body thinks it's fed, you're just limited on food. So it's going to do something. It's going to go ahead and adjust that metabolism and lower it. So you actually burn less calories when you get off the diet and you start eating more normally, whatever that means. You're going to put that weight on and then some. So could that explain the yo-yo dieting? And then on the other side of that coin, if we're going from caloric restrictive eating to not eating at all, what's that picture look like? And if you're not eating, could it be that instead of your metabolism going down, it actually ramps up? Could it be that when you eat in that regard, you are torching off more calories than you would if you're not, if if you're eating a caloric-restricted diet? Could it be? You should research that. You'll be surprised. And then how long can you fast? What happens? Can you fast for a week, two weeks, a month, two months, three months, six months, a year? Angus Barbieri, if you want to look him up, Scottish cat, fasted 382 days, if memory serves, over a year for sure, dropped hundreds of pounds of fat, and was only sustained by all of his stored body fat, which is fuel. I mean, could it be that we actually store body fat in order to use it but we're not using it because we're so well-fed we don't really get to it because you're taking in calories and depending on whose philosophy you follow maybe you're ingesting calories six times a day plus a couple snacks so your insulin remains high Insulin's a hormone a storage hormone So if that's nice and high and ramped up all day long, is that helping or hurting? Well, it's storing what you're eating. And then the next day you repeat the process, so you're storing more. You're not getting into what that body has on your skeleton or on your frame that is stored for energy. Your stored fat on your frame, folks, is energy. Your stored muscle on your frame is useful. The body's smart. It's not going to go after that muscle. The muscle's not there as an energy source. The muscle there is there for work, for flight or f- fight or flight. It's there for specific reasons. Fat is there for energy. When you overindulge and you eat, you put on fat. And you do this for years and years and years, you put on a lot of fat. You'll put on 30 pounds a year, 40 pounds a year. After five years, oh my gosh, you're you're in a TV show. Coming back from that and going back to the original question, what was the difference? I actually realized that it was much more difficult to be obese than it was to go through what I went through to get to where I'm at now. Much more difficult. It's very painful on an emotional level, a physical level, to be tormented by having all that body fat. Very painful. And when you couple that with growing up in school being fat, and you being so fat in school that clothes at the store didn't fit. Back then, I was 69, born in 69. They didn't cater to obese yet. They didn't have all of the clothing in place, all the plus sizes, the big sizes. It was still not revered as in some circles it is today. There's a whole clothing world built around obese, obese kids, obese. So it's okay kind of as as they're looking at it they're making money from it so now there's availability when i was growing up there wasn't so my mother god rest her soul did the next best thing she sewed my clothes so not only was i fat but i wasn't shopping at the same stores the other elementary school kids were and you know kids they can be brutal so i'm worrying and i never got this part i'll throw this out i never understood why Mom thought it was okay on a fat kid to, to give them horizontal stripes, circular stripes, stripes, or yeah, horizontal stripes. So around. If you're fat, do yourself a favor. Don't wear horizontal stripes. Don't wear stripes that go around you. Solids. You want solids, darker colors. That's what you want. You don't want white shirts. And you don't want horizontal stripes. If you're fat, you stay away from those those types of clothes. Well, Mom did a good job. She made me clothes, so I had clothes. The bullying was next level because I was this fat little kid wearing, I don't know what the fabric was, maybe polyester? A little stretchy, but it was tight. And, uh, you know, God bless her. But there was a lot of pain there, and that pain continued. There were, like I said, a, a couple times to get in the police academy, I was able to get down to at least a hireable level with my fat content. But still, if I'm going back to the police academy, capture this, if I go back to the police academy, I look at me in my best shape, and that's usually when you graduate the police academy. My waist was still 40 inches, and I weighed 238 pounds with a 40 inch waist. So today I'm 239, that's today. I've been as low as 229. 239 today with a 33 inch waist. So you can see the difference. Larger, a lot more muscle than I had back in the police academy days. Stronger, faster, better wind, and a lot leaner in comparison to when I had you know, gotten to that level back in 1991 probably February 91. But then after that, it was jumped up to about two fifties, two sixties, two seventies, held at two seventies for a number of years, two eighties. Once you get to, once I got to 300, 320 was easy. And then I kind of up and down Lived there, lived a little, a little less, lived a little more, but ultimately I was able to be totally uncomfortable having all sorts of medical problems and then moving into the pre-diabetic and then getting physical ailments from being fat i had all sorts of build up in my lower left extremities uh, the back back down the calves like a browning of the skin trapped blood that wasn't circulating because i was so fat the heart, you know, heart does a great job, but it can only do so much. You add, you know, hundreds of thousands and billions of miles of new blood pathways and fat. You're asking that heart to work even harder. So what is it? You just don't eat for a while? Yeah, that's kind of what you do and ask your doctor, do your research, look up Dr. Jason Fung fasting, look up Sag Guru fasting, look up all the doctors, Mindy Peltz, and all these other folks online uh, that talk about fasting, and see what you think. But if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I could never do that. I could never miss a meal. I get angry. Well, I think we all do, especially because we're so well fed. But you'll see if you try it, if you just give it a chance, and for the first time and i'm going to put together a whole a whole series on how i did this and you'll be able to get it but basically you don't start out with your 14 day water fast which is the maximum i did you don't start out with that you got to you got to practice and practice in some people's mind means failure i really mean practice you stay well practiced until game day Game day is your success. Game day is the day you win. And then you have more wins. You win once, and then you can replicate that and win again. And you just keep winning. And you will go in this journey, this journey of getting lean, going to the gym, loving your neighbor as yourself, praying without ceasing, going to the gym, going to failure every set, and being able to feast and famine. Fast and feast, and there are great ways to do that. I'll leave you with this. If you're gonna get into this, give me a call, shoot me an email, I'd love to be your support system, love to help, love to help, hold accountable, you. It's the refeed though, that breakfast. And if you look at that word, breakfast, you break it up, break fast, it's two words, right? break fast. Breakfast is the meal that breaks the fast, and a lot of us, that's going to be the meal first thing in the morning, right? Your breakfast, your eggs or your uh, coffee with cream in it, or whatever it is that you have for breakfast, a protein bar, a, a granola bar, or oatmeal or sugar or fruit, whatever it is. That's breakfast. That's the break,fast meal. That's what happens. So that being the case, you have your breakfast meal, break fast. You can have that breakfast meal in the afternoon. If your weak point is in the afternoons or the evenings, why not stop eating? So you go to sleep. You've quit eating before you go to bed, I'm sure, maybe two, three, four hours. Depends on your age. You know, when I was younger, I could eat an entire pizza and go right to sleep and not have a problem. Now I play that game and I'm waking up uh, breathing in inhaling my own bile because I've got some serious acid reflux. So Connor doesn't play that game at 53. But you might be able to get away with it. But whatever that last meal was, your next meal is the breakfast meal. But why have it in the morning? Why not wait until the evening of the next day and have a very sensible meal, you know, you don't get all crazy. You don't got to count all the macros, but have a nice, sensible meal and wait until the next day in the evening to have your next meal. Do that for a few days in a row. You're gonna you're gonna start dropping major poundage because now the body is in a rested state. Now the body is starts to explore itself and starts to get the proper it starts to revert back to programming and starts to change its dynamic, the different levels in the body. You're giving your insulin a heck of a break. And that is if you're staying away from anything sweet-inducing. If you're and There's different studies on this. You've you got to look. You've got to shop around a little bit. You've got to see what scientific evidence you want to support or what you believe. But they say if you eat something that has artificial sweetener in it, it's gonna kick off an insulin release that's not what that's not what we want because if you take people and starve them giving give them adequate amounts of insulin they're gonna get fat it's like a miracle without food or calories insulin is a very helpful yet very dangerous hormone especially for fat people so when you become diabetic once you burn your out your yourself out now all of a sudden The insulin that your pancreas creates isn't enough to put that sugar that you're eating away because you wore it out, so you need more insulin. Welcome to the world of type 2 diabetes. And then it just goes downhill from there. Can you reverse it? Can you get off all the medicines? Boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot of very interesting stuff out there regarding fasting. Do your own research. Look it up. This show isn't meant to be to give you medical advice or to tell you how to solve your problems. But it sure did work for me. Right now, here we are, July, no, excuse me, January 24th, I believe. I am in the middle of a 72-hour fast. My last meal that I had was Saturday evening. No, excuse me, Sunday evening. So yesterday was Monday. Today's Tuesday. I'll go until Wednesday in the evening, that's 72 hours. Sunday to Monday, Monday to Tuesday, Tuesday to Wednesday in the evening, 72 hours. What I'll have before I go to bed after the 72-hour fast, maybe a couple protein shakes, maybe a couple eggs, you know, something easy, something light. Then the next day, probably won't eat until the evening, but it depends. Just got to feel it out. I'm already pretty close to where I want to be but I still enjoy the fast. I enjoy the feeling. I enjoy the sharpening of the eyesight, the energy. I enjoy that, and it feels good. The more you do it, the more I believe you're gonna enjoy it, but you just have to do your practice. You wanna practice with the longer? The, the shorter fasts. Maybe have one meal a day, that's a 24 hour. Do a few of those back to back go back to uh, whatever your eating regimen was before. But, you know, pay attention to what you're sticking in your mouth. Don't do anything mindless. If you're one of those in the closet eaters like I was, I would do all sorts of things to get the food. And I would eat in my car. I wouldn't go inside a place. I wouldn't go and make a, a big deal out of eating. I would do it on autopilot. I would go through the drive through McDonald's or Jack in the Box or Carl's Jr., you name it. I went there and I would overindulge. I would get many things. I would spend 20, 30 bucks and I would eat all that food, including milkshakes and multiple French fries and everything else. I would eat all that in my car. So now I might be tempted, even now, might be tempted to go have a box of donuts or a whole bunch of tacos at Jack of the Box. Talk about cracked great. Have all of that. Or I can sit and give myself a minute, not end up blind in a drive thru ready to order without even thinking twice. I have to pull back and I have to think about it. How is this gonna feel to eat? Oh it's gonna feel great it's gonna be hot, it's gonna be juicy, it's gonna be oily, it's gonna have just the right amount of salt and fat. It's everything I could want, eating those tacos or those french fries or those apple fritters or whatever it may be. But then after I eat, how's that gonna feel? Well, not very good. There's a lot of guilt, there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of just BS that isn't great to deal with you're not alone these people that you watch they they have these ripped bodies and they're doing pointing these different words on tiktok and this about how they haven't been where you've been i've been there and i hated it they say embrace your fatness it's okay to be fat i wasn't good at that Any more than I was good at drinking alcohol. Any more than I was good at smoking cigarettes or chewing tobacco. I just wasn't good at it. So I found a different way. I'm Connor with Honor, the fat-to-fit realtor. Thanks for listening to today's show. Kind of a long one, but I'm here. If you need me, if you need an accountability partner, please reach out. I got time. Love to help. You be well. I'm Connor with Honor. Over and out.